Hello and welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. I am, as always, your host, Charlie James. Please like, subscribe, download, do all those cool things that you do with podcasts. And while you're at it, make sure you listen each weekday from 3 to 7 to the Charlie James Show on News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. I would really, really appreciate that. We always have a lot of fun. Um, Every now and then a, a news story will come along and you will think, hmm, that's interesting. But you don't really understand all of the implications of the news story. But just like any good mystery, there is always the reveal. It's always there. Um, a couple days ago, we saw this story. And, and I'll admit, I'm, I was there with you. I didn't really understand the implications of this either. But we heard that the Biden administration had actually restricted the export of American-made guns. So if you were an American firearms manufacturer, you could no longer ship your weapons overseas. So there's somebody in uh, whatever country ordered a, a shotgun or whatever it was. You couldn't ship that country, uh, that, that, that uh, firearm out of the United States. And when I saw this, I was like, hmm, wonder what that's about. First of all, I wondered how 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 the 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 government would actually have the right to do that. Um, they don't usually do that with anything else. But of course, these are firearms, and we all know how the Biden administration feels about firearms. Well, like I said, eventually everything will be revealed. Olivia Murray over at the American Thinker she wrote an article there, and it explains exactly what happened with this, with the Biden administration, okay? Um, Apparently, over in Israel, after the attack on October the 7th that claimed so many Israeli lives, apparently there was a member of parliament over there, one of their ministers, that was seen handing out firearms to civilians, Saturday, Israeli um, uh, National Security Minister Itmar Ben-Gvir had been pictured handing out rifles to the nation's citizens and the community security squads, quote-unquote, located throughout the, the, one of the kibbutz there where um, the attacks took place. And when the Biden administration saw this, they issued a, a, an edict to Israel that it would not supply the country with arms if they are going to use those arms for civilians and they were not to be distributed at, quote-unquote, political events. Uh, events. The administration also threatened to halt an order of some 20,000 rifles purchased by the National Security Ministry from American suppliers. The U.S. announcement, as you can imagine, uh, shocked Israel's defense establishment, in light of the considerable rifle shortage, resolving the crisis involved both political and judicial officials. So the Biden administration said, hey, 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 you're going to be handing out firearms to civilians. We're going to cut off your military firearms and uh, you, you guys better get in line. Now, remember, it wasn't long ago that the uh, government of Ukraine was handing their civilians firearms. In fact, one, uh, one of our politicians here, uh, a Democrat, was heard to say that we need to arm every Ukrainian citizen because they're being invaded by Russia. Well, here you've got Israel, Israel being invaded by Hamas, 
And so Israel says, you know what? I think it's a real good time to have our own version of the Second Amendment and every one of our citizens be armed. And that's when the Biden administration came along and they decided to, in effect, sanction Israel in light of what happened on October the 7th. They were they did a de facto sanction of Israel as far as firearms concerned, if they were going to pass out firearms to um, to uh, average ordinary Israeli citizens. Now, first of all, let me explain this to you. And I want to thank one of our texters on the program for uh, pointing this out. And I had forgotten about this. But if you are an Israeli citizen, you have to do two years compulsory military service in Israel. So if you graduate high school, you're a young man or even a young woman, you go into the army for two years. I think that's a really good program, although I'm not sure it would work here in the United States. Listen to this guy. So five years of rent-free living, free food, and no responsibilities versus being immediately obliterated by an AK-47 the moment I set foot on that battlefield. Do I look like somebody who the authorities are going to be chasing after, hunting down because they need me? They need me to grab an assault weapon and go try to, like, save people's lives? Are you kidding me? Talk about a liability. Go find those people who are so, like, pro-Second Amendment and wear, like, freaking American flag thongs and all that. Like, go find them. They have a concealed carry anyway. They know what they're doing they've done the classes you don't want me fighting for this country i promise you that and you know it's true yeah junior i don't think i'm going to be depending on you to uh protect me from anyone but you might be a really good decoy so uh, so yes so now uh so now that kind of explains exactly why the Biden administration stopped the export of american firearms overseas all right because again They don't like that their own citizens have the Second Amendment. They certainly don't like it if other citizens around the world have the Second Amendment, if you will. In the Federalist, Article um, Federalist number 46, written by James Madison, he says this. It's kind of an interesting quote. He says, besides the advantage of being armed, which the Americans possess over the people of almost every other nation. That's what the Second Amendment is about, you being armed. And that gives us, the American people, the advantage of an advantage over almost every other nation on the planet. There are many people that have thought about attacking the United States, including the uh, was it the, the prime minister of uh, Japan or uh, somebody over in Japan uh, during World War II. He said, there is a gun behind every blade of grass. You would be surprised at how many times we have not been invaded because we are armed as citizens. That has prevented probably a lot of attacks on the United States. And then when other countries try to do it, well, like I said, the Biden administration doesn't like it for uh, American citizens. They certainly don't like it for Israeli citizens. But there's something else to this as well. You see, because I believe that if one member of Hamas was shot with an American-made firearm, it would make the Biden administration look bad in the Arab and Muslim world. That's really what was behind this. We don't want Israelis to defend themselves with American firearms because if that happens, well, the Muslim world, they might get mad at us. 
I don't know if they realized it, but uh, they're already mad at us. The Second Amendment is one of the unique things about the United States of America. It allows the average American citizen to protect ourselves and to protect our families. But the folks in the Biden administration, the Democrats uh, in general, just do not like that. You see, they don't want to ban guns, but they do want them centralized. They want to make sure they control who has these guns. Have you noticed that anybody, everybody, just about everybody out there that's calling for uh, the abolishment of the Second Amendment, they've got personal bodyguards who are heavily armed? Even Swalwell, Eric Swalwell, he's got personal bodyguards. They're armed. Celebrities have personal bodyguards that are armed. Uh, that's just the way they do. But they don't want you to have the same protection that they do. They never have. Because, you see, they really think less of you than they do themselves. You are merely citizens of the United States. You can be protected by the police. You can be protected by the military. But protect yourself? No, no, no. You're obviously not quite good enough for that. And remember, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. In fact, 18 minutes away on average, uh, response to a call. So they've been fighting against this Second Amendment for a very, very long time because, like I said, they just don't want you to have the right or the ability to uh, protect yourself. And that's a darn shame. And now they've even started lying about firearms. Gretchen Carlson used to be over on Fox News. She uh, put out a tweet the other day that said something to the effect of, well, the AR-15 wasn't invented until 2004, and it's one of the most, so it's obviously not a commonly used firearm. It's a very new invention and blah, 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 blah. Well, some folks over there on Twitter, they kind of called her to task. Well, they actually called her to task about this because the AR-15 has been around for a very long time. And then when she was caught in this lie, listen to what she said. Big round of applause for the clever detectives who pointed out that technically a few ranchers and animal control people did own these guns before 2004. And since we're all big fans of math, here are more numbers that seem relevant. In 1992, AR-15s composed roughly 21 in every 100 firearms made in the U.S. By 2020, almost one in five guns made here were AR-15s. Well, since we're doing math, Gretchen Carlson, uh, you might want to understand that 21 out of every 100 is 21 percent and one out of every five is 20 percent. So if your math is right, we've actually reduced the amount of AR-15s that are being manufactured in, in, uh, in, in, in conjunction with, with all of the other firearms. But see, they don't care. They don't care about facts. They don't care about figures. All they care about are the lies. What they will not tell you is that more people are killed every year with feet, fists, and hammers than with all rifles combined, no matter what the caliber is. 
Joy Behar told another big fat whopper on The View this week. Listen to what she said about the AR-15. Sarah didn't get a chance to weigh in on the uh, topic of what happened in Maine and the AR-15s. Yeah, I, I would love to see an assault weapons ban. Like President Reagan, I don't believe they're a sport or hunting um, uh instrument it's like shooting fish in a bucket but that's my but take. also if you shoot with an ar-15 let's say you shoot it's a deer you, you can't can... eat it right because you basically demolish in addition the to that but the wow. is about i had no problem. idea the ar-15 is so powerful that it completely disintegrates a deer right before your eyes I mean, there was just one moment there's a deer there the next minute there's just a big pink mist in the air that's an absolute lie this is a woman who has obviously never seen an AR-15, much less fired one. Now, it is true that some states do uh, outlaw using an AR-15 for hunting deer, but it's not because they disintegrate the deer. It's because the AR-15 does not do enough damage to the deer. They are worried that it will merely wound the deer and the deer will suffer uh, for a long period of time from those injuries. So they outlaw the AR-15s in some states for that reason. Certainly compared to a 30-06 or a 30-30 or even a 270, the AR-15 is a relatively low-powered weapon. But it is a easy weapon to fire. It's a whale of a lot of fun, and it's pretty darned accurate. It's a favorite of ranchers and varmint hunters and things like that. But it's also been vilified throughout the years because, why? Because it is a favorite of target shooters and gun enthusiasts all over this land. It, in fact, it is the most sold uh, uh, weapon system that we have or firearm system that, that we have. People just love their AR-15s. And therefore, for that reason, and pretty much for that reason alone, the left wants to get rid of the ar 15 so they will even lie about the uh, so-called assault weapons ban that we had. In fact, uh, according to a congressional study that was this study was 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 uh, commissioned by Congress, and it found that during the so-called assault weapons ban, crime actually went up 19 percent. 19 percent crime went up. And no difference in mass shootings during that time. So they will lie to you about that. They will lie to you about the power of the AR-15. But don't you worry. When they have the ability, and hopefully this never happens, but if it does happen and they're able to outlaw your so-called assault rifle, which, by the way, they can't even define, they won't stop there. The next will be your 9mm semi-automatic. Maybe they want your Walther or your Glock or your Smith & Wesson. They're coming for that next. And then when they get that, they'll go after the other, you know, the hunting rifles. They'll go after your shotguns. They'll go after your smaller caliber, maybe your 380 or your 38 or, your, or whatever they're looking at next. They're not going to stop at the AR-15. They're never going to stop. This is something that we are going to have to fight for on a daily basis. And when we elect people to Congress, whether it's House or Senate, we've got to make sure that these Republicans, these conservatives are firm on the Second Amendment. And yes, that includes right here in South Carolina, where hopefully this legislative session, we're about to start the second part of a two-year legislative session, hopefully 
we can get constitutional carry passed here in South Carolina. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that as long as we have rhinos like Sandy Sin, Penry Gustafson, and Katrina Sheely in our state Senate. But we'll get to that in another podcast. This is the Checkpoint Charlie Podcast. <laughs>